I feel like our next episode, like, we should just, like, put that Brazzers logo, like, <laughs> over our own. <laughs> and, like, also just an Amazon affiliate link to, like, because you can buy, like, dildos and nipple clamps on Amazon. So, like, really, we should have, a, like, our own Amazon store to, like, brass screens. That like, shit's tame compared to what? Some water vases, um, you know, for aromatherapy. And, Mouthwash. you know, and, and dildos. Hey everybody and welcome to May We Geek Again, a podcast talking about 100. And I am joined today by Joe and Shaheen. It's the OG3. That's Original Gangster. What? It's Original Gangster 3. It's it, it, it's been a minute since uh since all three of us has been on. Well, welcome back from Mexico, Joe. How was smuggling drugs back in your butt? Uh, you know, um a feeling of fullness and purpose. Well, I'm glad that you're going along with that story. That's obviously what really because <laughs> that's the official narrative is what I was doing in Mexico was smug. Not that not that the drugs here are better. Like I don't even see the point in str- smuggling drugs from Mexico anymore. Like Mexican weed is dirt weed. Like oh wow, <laughs> hypothetically, wow. If if I knew such things about drugs, which I don't, wow, obviously. Jeez, wow, what? That's racist. It's not racist. I the the pot clubs in the U.S. have better product. Hypothetically, hypothetically speaking, just say no, kids. Everybody, just say no. Just say no. Just say no, and whatever they offer you, just send it my way. <laughs> Confiscate it from me. Exactly. So, uh, I would not want to. I want. I would not want to smoke or consume anything that was smuggled in your butt, Joe. Just saying. Why don't you love me? <laughs> I just don't feel like that's my role in, in life is to uh, consume drugs out of anyone's butt, no matter who they are. Fucking so, kink shaming again. Uh, yeah, well, it's going to be, there's going to be a lot of shaming today, hopefully. Okay. I'm back and feeling frosty. Um, so I want to uh, thank everybody, uh, all of our guest um, hosts who have been on the podcast in the last couple of weeks, filling in for. For myself and for Joe, um, I had a legitimate excuse because I was recovering from surgery and Joe was just like drinking tequila south of the border and smuggling drugs back in her butt. So thanks everybody for sharing your it's actually um, mezcal, thoughts on the but show. Whatever, you know. <sighs> thanks everybody. <laughs> thanks everybody for for your um, your thoughts on the show and sharing your time with everybody. We really appreciate your support and the effort it takes. So today we're talking about uh, the four, the eighth episode of, of season four called God Complex, written by Lauren Muir. Um, this is the, the last episode before we go into a three-week hiatus. Um, and I thought it was a pretty good episode, guys. Um, not a lot happened, and a lot happened. So what did you guys think overall of the episode? You go for it, Shaheen. Well, I really liked it. Uh, this is probably my favorite episode of the season so far. Um, oh, interesting. Yeah. I mean, I felt like it kind of got kicked back in gear, um, the 100 that I knew of. <laughs> um, I don't know. I, I love the return of a lot of these old, old themes of the series. Um, 
the burden of leadership and uh, surviving versus deser deserving to survive and the moral dilemmas that truly feel high stake. Because we had like the um, hydro generator or whatever, but that kind of didn't really feel high stake at that point. Uh, but anyway, um, then that coupled with a lot of the callbacks to season one. Joby nuts, bitches. <laughs> I love it. That's awesome. Tri Day Trip was one of my favorite episodes of season one. Well, um, my question is, why are they not getting fucked up more often? Like, here's the yeah. thing. Like, uh, <laughs> why is this not just like on the regs? People, people drinking, you know, Joby nut tea or whatever. Because this is a wholesome family CW show. Um, as is this podcast. This is a is wholesome it? family podcast. Um, <laughs> yes, it is. Uh, so please, please let's keep that don't, in mind. Don't, don't eat do random nuts you find in the woods. Don't don't get high on nuts, guys. <laughs> don't. Well, that, I mean, if we're being honest, that's pretty much a good life life uh, rule to follow. Don't eat random shit you find in the woods. Just don't. Don't do it. Yeah, um, but like. I mean, unless you're starving and no, the like ground you, is outside. If you like you. pick up a random mushroom and eat that, you're probably gonna die. Well, no, yeah. but these aren't mushrooms. Yeah, but still, like, still, <laughs> um, <laughs> fucking fun patrol, Jen over here. First, it's kink shaming, and then it's don't eat weird shit in the woods. Like, what the I'm fuck? I'm sorry Jen? if I have to be the parent of the podcast and tell people not you know, to Johnny do bad and I would things. Be like, well, yeah, I'm gonna eat that. Probably you guys would, you dirty bitches. Yeah. Joe, what did, what did you think of the... Uh, anyway, um, I, I was just saying. <laughs> <laughs> Callbacks to season one. Um, so Joby now Callback to one. Shaheen finishing his point, I guess. Um, whatever the hell we want was reintroduced in an interesting way. Um, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I mean, Jasper, remember Jasper? Um, was I love remember Jasper, because we, we haven't seen that fucker. Like, in years. Like, remember it really was remember Jasper. And then yeah. and then when Bellamy traded himself for Jasper, um, he was, like, a long way from whatever the hell we want. Um, and so now he's preaching whatever the hell we want, but I guess from a different perspective. Yeah, so I think it was, it was cool. And... There was also some progress in terms of world building, which is another complaint that I had. Uh, I think the rewatch value of this episode is pretty high for me anyway. So, Okay. I'm glad, I'm glad you had a good time with it. <laughs> um, what about you? What's your general take? Uh, I liked it. Um, you know, it's been... Uh, I, I think... I think sort of my like deep, deep investment in the show is a little bit less than it was in season three. So I think I'm a little bit, I think I'm able to sort of just watch it as a little bit more of a like casual, not casual fan, because obviously I'm making a podcast about it. But like, I'm trying to just kind of step back while I'm watching it and seeing like, am I entertained? And like, yes, I've been, I've been entertained. So I think it, I definitely think it was a good episode. Um, it, we got some, some really, uh, like, again, we got to re remember Jasper. It was also a remember Indra, um, you know, that that kind of thing where I was like, oh, yeah, hey, yeah. you, you somewhat major character who, like, influences things a lot. Good to see you again. Um, yeah, and she is back. Like, the old Indra is back. Right? Like, that was awesome. ass-kicking Indra. Um, yeah. 
but uh, yeah, so like, I mean, once we get into like it, the individual little storylines and stuff, like I definitely have have some stuff to say. What about you, Jen? Um, I like the episode overall. I think there were some some parts of it were stronger than others. Um, I think the stuff on the island was really compelling and uh, probably the strongest part of the episode. I liked um, I liked the stuff with Jahan, Kane, and Monty, and Indra and Gaia, and learning a little bit more about or learning more about I think where the story is going as far as the origin of the flame keeper and kind of some of the spirituality, which looks like it's going to be all based on wacky cultism stuff, um, which I'm, I don't know if I like that. I'm kind of uncomfortable with cults as a general rule. Kids don't join cults uh, and stay sexy. Don't get murdered. I know. Don't do drugs. Don't do drugs. And don't, yeah, don't join cults. Um, Stay don't eat sexy. weird shit you find in the woods. Stay sexy. Don't get murdered. Um, okay. That's stolen, exa- that's stolen from another podcast um, that you should listen to. Um, okay. And I guess I think, of the, I think of the Jasper and the Bellamy stuff. I found Jasper to be a little bit more interesting in that whole exchange, even though that I think that exchange was to propel Bellamy forward. I'm kind of over trying to propel propel Bellamy forward. Uh, I think we're still a little stuck in the mud with him because his story is progressing so slowly, but I think we got a little bit more interesting stuff out of Jasper and, um, I liked it overall. I thought it was, I thought it was really good. It was really challenging. I thought it, it felt very claustrophobic for me in the, the lab. I know like last episode was supposed to be like the horror slash claustrophobia one. Cause he had Bellamy stuck in the, in the, and the rover, and then you had like the you know the the call is coming from inside the house horror stuff with the mansion. Um, but this one really felt like it was closing in a bit for me at least emotionally um, uh, because of what the the kind of the tension ramping up on the island. So in the lab, I thought it was good. So let's start talking about some of these storylines. We've got three to go through. So, so let's tackle Arcadia first. And with Arcadia, I think we're really talking about Jasper and um, Jasper and Bellamy. Yeah. Um, and then the Kane and Jaha and Monty stuff can, you know, seems like it's it's all about propelling the the polis narrative the polis forward. Thing. Yeah. Um, so the Arcadia storyline, Jasper's like, mm, I'm just gonna go on a walkabout today, find some drug nuts. <laughs> <laughs> Can we just call them that now? Drug nuts? nuts. Like they're kind of like truck nuts. Truck nuts. Um, Yeah. (laughs) Oh my God. So, um, truck nuts. If you are a listener from outside the United States, maybe outside of the Southern United States, you might not know what truck nuts are. Um, they are plastic testicles. Sometimes they're well, right. From your plastic or metal ball sack that you dangle from the back of your truck because you're not gay at all. <laughs> it's really the weirdest phenomenon I've ever seen. Like you need to hang fake testicles off of your, your toe knob or whatever that is off the back of your four by four truck because your, your dick is that small. Well, of course your dick is that small if you have like a jacked up truck to begin with. 
uh, and you're not like actively well, also, off-roading. Like, the truck nuts are pretty big, so I feel like no matter how big your dick is, it's gonna look small next to those. Like it's it's like I feel like you should have tiny little truck nuts because then everyone like in comparison, you put tiny yeah. little truck nuts next to a, any size dick, and the dick will look bigger. But yeah, it just and I just want to apologize to anybody out there who is like, what the fuck is wrong with America? Apparently a lot, guys. A lot is wrong with America. And truck nuts is like one of the least things that is wrong with we America. We are going to have to put now. truck nuts into our Amazon affiliate store. Um. <laughs> so um, so these drug nuts, um, I think the conversation between Bellamy and and Jasper is interesting. I think I think Jasper is like the closest to the old Jasper as he's ever been, except he's got his naivety stripped away from him. So he's got this devil may care attitude, obviously. And he's, 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 I think he's come out of the other side of his PTSD and depression. Um, understanding a specific truth about himself that he wants to live by his own rules and, and wants to live what he thinks life is and not conform to everybody else. Um, and in doing so, he tries to get Bellamy to lighten up a bit. And and like I mentioned before, I, I'm just, I'm kind of over Bellamy's storyline right now because it's moving slowly to me. I don't think the pacing is really that great. I think we spend a lot of time or the show spends a lot of time on trying to redeem Bellamy or move his character forward or evolve him, evolve him in some way that feels um, significant and it hasn't happened for me yet. Maybe maybe this episode is the start of it, but I'm just like, I'm frankly a little tired of how much time the, the where, narrative is taking. Where do you that. think his story is going or will end up? Like, what do you think that they're moving towards? I think maybe this was setting up uh, the realization that he has to balance... He has to be a balance between the two extremes. He has to be the balance. He has to find a, a happy middle between the whatever the hell we want Bellamy and the protector Bellamy. I truly believe that that's his role in the show. That was his role up in the arc. That's what his role is always going to be because that's what he's naturally compelled to be. But like, if that's all you do all the time, you have zero chill. And Bellamy, much like a lot of other characters on this show, like Kane, Abby, Clark, just basically Indra, like everybody needs some fucking, you know. Drug nuts? Drug nuts and getting towards the middle, uh, like a middle ground in the personalities. Otherwise, they're just too one way or the other, and they're not well-balanced human beings. And I think that maybe this is, this is a move perhaps towards a more well-balanced, happy medium type Bellamy who can kind of let some stuff go um, when he can't, you know, like he can't save everybody. So maybe he'll start letting that that wash over him a little bit more um, without internalizing the grief and the guilt so much. I don't know. I just, I we need to get past um, Bellamy because there's no action there. There's no like forward momentum. There's no like big moment with him yet. Um, so maybe, maybe that's coming up next episode or two. I don't, I don't know. What do you guys think? What about you, Shaheen? So I thought I liked Jasper's speech to Bellamy, but, um, I think it was a bit disappointing. And the parts that I think maybe are the parts that kind of harm the integrity of his speech and kind of make it be all over the place, um, do kind of seem like stuff that they inserted to make it relevant specifically to Bellamy. Um, because I was on board as long as Jasper was talking about 
the clock has always been ticking on this cosmic joke, this one big fucking cosmic joke that um, really, you know, you didn't really have to know that you only have 10 days in order to realize how ridiculous the game is and in order to know that it's finite and therefore it doesn't fucking matter, you know, and, and that you're a tiny part of this huge thing that, you know, nothing you do matters. So this, now that you only have 10 days, for some reason, you, you're more likely to realize this, but it's always been true as the moment we landed on this terrible, beautiful planet, this has always been true. And so that's all good. And then he starts talking about, you know, beating yourself up over stuff that you did, you know, it's not going to bring anyone back. That's com a completely left turn for me. Like this shouldn't, this speech shouldn't be about guilt or. Like coming from Jasper, that's a left turn or like just the speech yeah. in general, like. Yeah, isn't like that this kind of what is Jasper a different point now. And it kind of makes the speech um, kind of disintegrated. Um, I mean, I, I feel like Jasper saying like, you know, you need to move past. I mean, first of all, he's basically like everyone has been telling Bellamy all of this all the time. And so I kind of wonder like why it's Jasper who gets through to him. Um, apart from the fact that they needed to put Jasper in an episode. Um <laughs> To be like, oh shit, like we we pay this guy, like let's at least have him like say some lines. Not to, not to discount anything in terms of like, you know, uh, the acting quality or anything like that. Like it was well done and all that sort of stuff, but it was just kind of like, cool. So way to parrot back stuff that like everyone has been saying to Bellamy, the audience has been screaming at the screen at Bellamy. Like it felt sort of um, forced maybe like it was important and good, but at the same time, I was just kind of like, well, Bellamy's not an idiot. Like how can he not figure this out on his own? And maybe that's kind of where you're talking about with his character being a bit stuck, Jen, of just like, they're making him dumber um, than he yeah, is. But uh, maybe they make Jasper do this and make it sink in a little, because I get the sense that Jasper doesn't really care about anyone anymore. Um, Like I don't, I don't think that Jasper would put his neck on the line to save anybody. I think he's, I think he's far past like the point of no return at this point. That's why I think he's obviously going to die mm -hmm. soon, but I just don't feel that there's any, like the season two Jasper that was fighting to survive and, you know, took an ax to somebody in Mount weather that dude's gone. And maybe Bellamy hearing it for, from somebody who, who isn't as emotionally invested in Bellamy is a bit a, a bit more resonant. I, I don't know. I, it is kind of strange that the sh the show and its characters keep telling Bellamy the same exact thing, and we keep saying the same exact thing. It's almost as if the show wants us to believe that. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't want to say that the, the, that Bellamy is stupid, but it. Why is it taking him so long to? to move forward when everybody else is kind of moving at, at warp speed in right, season Right, and like four. nothing has really, nothing bad has happened at the moment really to him apart from, you know, okay, he lost those two people because the, the rover got stuck. But like, that's kind of a separate issue. Like given like his like, you know, wailing trauma of, of season three after losing Gina, who was real, like, 
now we're just kind of like, now he's like Mr. Mopey. And it's like, I mean, is this all because of Octavia? Like, am, is this my only child privilege showing? Like, I just kind of want Bellamy to get his shit together. But maybe that's kind of, it's sort of funny that Jasper of all people telling Bellamy to get his shit together. Because that was basically what everyone was trying to yell at Jasper, Jasper uh, in season that, three, yeah. was to get his shit together. So <laughs> It's interesting. I just realized that it sounds like you guys watched this uh, sequence as being part of Bellamy's development, whereas I was watching it as being about Jasper, and then Bellamy was just kind of along for the ride. Um, no. So yeah. I thought of this as an episode where Bellamy um, wasn't one of the major um, role players. They do sometimes have that, like they had an episode where there was no Clark. Um, you know, so... I, and then I th- and then for me it looked like yeah Jasper was on point and then when he got to this Bellamy stuff that was kind of that sounded kind of off and then he went back to his point and, and they ended it with and then of course I mean I don't know how major of a turn you want to think of this for Bellamy um, I was just thinking you know finally Jasper got him to loosen up um, but I don't know if necessarily anything's going to be different next time. Can we, so like really, really quickly, because my mind jumped ahead to like seeing Harper at sort of the end of the world party and Harper is enjoying being kind of a drunk or whatever. <laughs> um, the fact that like, I mean, and maybe, maybe, uh, okay, like maybe Monty's just, you know, a far more mature person or whatever. But like the fact that like these two like 18 year old kids didn't like knock one out real fucking quick, like before he had to go on Jaha's crazy Dan Brown, um, you know, national treasure adventure. Um, you know, like Monty's like, no, no, I have to go. I don't have, you know, the two and a half minutes that this would actually take. Like I, mm, I, the little bit of believability issue. Is that another there. racist thing, Joe? What? No, I'm saying that he, <laughs> they're 18. And that sounds like another, I'm triggered. Joe's a racist. <laughs> I think we've established how, this. I mean, you wait, see all the clues, wait, wait, right? How, like she, how... she is in favor of eugenics. Yeah. Well, yeah. But like, how She's... am I racist this time? <laughs> Like, like I'll own up to, like, every other time. But, like, how the fuck am I being racist by saying that these two kids should have had sex? Look, I just think Monty is really task-focused right now, and he has a lot of responsibility on his shoulder as the MVP of this season. Um, so too much pressure to get it up is what you're saying. Um, no, I just think, like, he'd get, he'd get an Asian F if he got, uh, if he got it on. And didn't go with so with so the, the ghost of Monty is 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 haunting him. <laughs> no, no, Monty, you have to go on this crazy adventure. Don't have sex with your hot girlfriend. Very disappointed. You have responsibilities. You. Um. Uh. Yeah. Uh, I don't. I don't know. I. I just. I. I think they're an interesting couple right now because it looks like uh Jasper uh, Harper's landing on the Jasper side of the equation, whereas Hard. Monty. Like, yeah. real hard. Yeah, so this is going to be stressful, I think, for our young couple. Yeah, I don't I don't know if there's going to be a yeah. lot of sex um, well, in the future. It, it also Harper looks... is party, party, Jess. Uh, Monty is savey, yeah. savey. Yeah. Well, that, also... was, that, was that the prediction, or what was... Does I'll have to go look back at the, at, the, at the post, because I would actually be curious to see, like, where we all kind of shook out with this. Um, but, I, like, obviously, it's it's... They're not going to, like, have a... T- like, with 10 days left, they're not going to have, like, a breakup talk, obviously. 
But in the next episode preview, it looks like Jasper is telling all of his little, like, Kool-Aid followers that, like, if you stay here, you're going to die. Will Harper stay? I think that, um... Or is she just blowing off steam? I, I think that she's blowing off steam, um, based... Because that dude died last episode, um... You know, the the dude that grabbed onto her and she kind of shirked her responsibility as a guard in that moment was a panicky human and, and ran inside the ark with everybody else. I do I do think that because of that incident, she's feeling a little bit helpless and hopeless right now. But I do believe that the the part of Harper that that landed on Kane's side last season as far as being one of the, the rebels and fighting back against Pike and some of the you know, some of the instincts that she had to fight back in, in Mount Weather are going to come to the forefront and her her relationship both with Monty and with some of the other folks, maybe with Bellamy and some of the other the other people that she um, feels are important to her will come to the forefront and she will eventually go with Monty. I don't think Jasper will though. Yeah. I would be disappointed if they make Jasper suddenly so- see some sort of light. What, what if they force them, though? What it, that's an interesting thing. What if they force Jasper in his suicide club to to go to, be to Cult Bunker? Yeah. I mean, because, yeah, if there's room in Cult Bunker, then they should obviously have as many people as possible in there. Though I will say I actually just found the Party Party Savey Savey, and Harper was actually, um, like, just below, like, she was almost even. She was probably about 40% uh, savvy-savvy. So she is mostly party. People uh-huh. people were on board. But, like, not as extreme as Jasper. What about Monty? Uh, <laughs> Monty was very strongly, like, 75% save. Okay. Yeah. Which I think I mean, is, you know. I mean, yeah, that tracks with Monty. The, yeah. the thing with the thing with Harper is it's hard. it's hard with the few scenes that we've gotten out of her to really read what what her motivations are. Obviously, she's taking a more prominent role in this season, but in past seasons, she's been a background character, and we have to make a lot of assumptions based on her current actions in what she will do in the future. And I I just, you know, I think we we have an incomplete picture of of the type of person that she is at this moment in time. I I hope she's on the savey-savey side because I want to see her in season five. Um, Plus, she has fantastic... Abs. It would <laughs> abs gata. Maybe, abs, maybe. Uh, it would it would it would suck if those abs were wasted and weren't around in um in cult bunker. <laughs> that, I um, mean, those going, are those are good genetics. Those are good genetics. You can't argue with that. Going back to the point that Shaheen was making about how we were reading the scene between Jasper and Bellamy, I do believe that it was written to favor and move Bellamy forward in some way. I, I think that that the show is very focused right now on Bellamy's journey. But I, but like I said at the beginning, I felt like I got more out of Jasper and understood Jasper a lot better with their interaction and cared more about Jasper's journey at this point in time than I did Bellamy. Um, and, And that goes against some of the things I wrote about Bellamy in my review last time that I'm more interested now in Bellamy than Octavia's journey because I didn't expect him to kind of reach rock bottom. But then I get this episode and I don't see him really moving forward in any way, either either trending up or trending down um, with his with his uh, demeanor. So I, I'm just like, I, let's do move we think, forward, folks. We, do we got think that Bellamy banged that blonde? Oh, of course he did. 
She but was like, she was like, she was trip she was um uh three way blonde from season one. She's well, one yeah. Of, so I'm just saying, you know, so the she's, other been, one she's been pining after that dick, I guess. Yeah, where's the other one? Is the other one dead? Did the I other one get like a spear like, in season so one? So hey, so hey, Trina, where's your friend? Like, did they like did they like um like tip a forty for their dead homie like during <laughs> sex? Yeah. <sighs> Good times. Good time. Good time. I was just glad that Jasper finally got to take a position of authority and kind of just deliver what he saw as the right perspective. And then, you know, he he won the debate. So that was cool. I, I like that. And he finally has a, has a cult. He finally has his own cult. Yeah. Well, when you supply the drugs, I mean, you're pretty much, as long as you can keep that supply steady, you're going to be like the center of attention. Let's be honest. <laughs> yeah. Like, is this going to be like the kind of like sad down, you know how there was always like the rich kid, like in school or whatever, who like tried to buy friends. Um, was that you, Joe? Oh God. No. I just like all the money in the world. I couldn't have bought any friends. Um, <laughs> womp, womp. Womp, womp. <laughs> but like, you know, uh, he's this... Like, who else is the cult leader? And where does Nyla fall in on this? Because, like, obviously she knows how to make the fucking hallucinogenic tea. Like, Nyla is like, clearly part Nyla's of Nyla's cool as shit. She's kind of like... Nyla is cool as shit. She's, she, she'll party She's kind of low-keying, savey-savey. Like, hey, I support you. Go save. But she's actually, like... That's all a cover. She's totally 100% She's, she's down. Like... Dude, you know did we vote on Nyla? No, because no, we didn't look, even look. know she'd be back. <laughs> Nyla I feel is, like is, is high key high key survival, but she's gonna do it high as fuck. She's yeah. gonna be like that person that goes into the midterm that they have to get an A on in order to pass Stoned the class. High as belief. fuck, and she'll pass. She'll pass no problem. That's how fucking cool ass Nyla is. Like Nyla, like like is my favorite character right now. Of she's the, kind of, of the great. people who don't really who aren't in like the main big picture. She's like awesome. I love I love some of these grounders who are like not the like I'm going to kill you grounders that have a different perspective. Like Luna and Nyla are like tight as shit. And I think uh, Gaia is going to be cool too. Um, so I'm down well, with like a little like road road trip between those three and just like well, a high ass road trip with like Joby nut tea and shit like that. I, I imagine Nyla as like, she's kind of like the drug mom. Like Jasper came to her with some drugs and she's like, I know you're going to take them. I just want you guys to be safe. Like <laughs> so she probably like went around after and like handed out coconut water and made sure people like, you know, were on their side. So nobody Look, puked and aspirated. So no, 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 no. Coconut water. You fucking bougie bouge. <laughs> like just, sorry grounder pedialyte she took one of the fetid here, pond scum waters and your, a little abby hand in there. here's your fruit salty. punch gatorade oh man like <laughs> you gotta old school that shit with the gatorade coconut water is just so it's delicious go listen to mumford and sons uh and and like <laughs> get your pumpkin spice latte just a Did basic you, wait, are you calling it basic basic <laughs> it's like am Oh my Guys, God. did you realize how okay. Jen just endorsed the uh, like the cool nerds of the class, and then like the every Sunday church going Catholic girl? Wait, what? Wait, like, how? Because you're like, I like those grounders, like Nyla and whatever, and then you're like, and Gaia, Gaia is cool too. <laughs> well, <and> she's <laughs> because 
isn't murdery all the time, like most grounders are. I'm like, I'm sick of murdery grounders you all the time. You fucking racist. <laughs> what? How am I racist? Will you please look? Will you please look at the grounder, the, the trio of grounders I really like, and tell me how the, the statistics grounders. argument. Okay. <laughs> All right, guys. So are we are we done with the Joby Nut storyline? Yeah. Can we move on to um, cult wackiness? With yes, Jane? you mean Jaha's love of Dan no. Brown novels? Like as it progressed, I was like, I know that this is so formulaic. Like everything is going to work out in the end. But I was like, what's going to happen next? Like it was totally. Uh... And of course, Monty saving the day. And of course, Monty saves the day. It was great. Oh, God damn it, Monty. So, yeah, it's like he just delivered another one of those like little lines on the side that the whole thing wouldn't have been possible with. Like the whole thing would have totally collapsed without. He's just like casually slips it in. So like I think obviously like, oh, well, we need a, an engineer for this trip to Polis. And um, isn't Jaha an engineer? But obviously they're like, well, we can take Jaha. That's like saying, um... Do we want to go to the NBA Finals with just Scottie Pippen, or do we want to take Michael Jordan along with us? I am old. Look, I'm. (laughs) Well, so so here's my thing though. Like, doesn't this? Okay, so I know that like Monty was totally fine not about not being on the list of the hundred. Like, you know, there are other engineers and stuff like that. Monty has proven though that he is the one that you want to be there. Yeah, he's like, got that he's got that problem solving brain, guys. That yeah. You can't teach. Like you can't teach that kind of like intuition. Um, oh. though obviously he did drop that one nugget of like PS, Asget is gonna be pretty pissed when they, you know, they're gonna think that we killed all these people. Oh and man, so, you, know, you know what? Yeah. Oh, I that's oh, that's <laughs> a complication. And I don't want that complication because I'm so good with where Rowan and Clark are at right now. It's gonna that- be a complication. It'll be, it's a complication. Seriously, guys, bad things happen when grounders pick up guns. Indra and her gun Just loving ass. She's like, it. I want all the, all the guns. All of your, them. Your Give ancestors knew something about this. They told you not to pick up the guns. This is what happens. This is like, nothing good. This is, there's a reason why Batman doesn't use guns because it's like for <laughs> cowards. Um, yeah, so that, so keep an, keep an eye on that little, um, that little, uh, fracas um, coming back to bite Sky Crew in the ass again. Um, it actually even th- reminded me, sorry, like of sort of when Kane, when Kane's face sort of fell, like after Indra killed everyone, you know, and he was like, fuck. It <laughs> totally reminded me of when Bellamy, was it Bellamy and Kane were locked up again at the beginning of season three or season four? And, and Bellamy had this whole thing about like, it doesn't matter what we do, like everyone dies, like we always end up back in the same place. And I kind of, and I kind of feel like Kane definitely had that moment of just like, God damn it, I'm trying so hard to like be diplomatic and do a good job and make sure people live. And every fucking time shit goes to shit. Yeah, well, somebody always takes action. Uh, to remove any sort of agency from Kane, and a- in Kane, in Kane's world, his agency is is using words, and that's not working. The other thing I really, 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 really want is now we've seen Kane and Indra come together at the beginning of season four with a hug, and now come back together um, with 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 her punching him. So like every time they come back together, I kind of want him to flinch a little, like he doesn't know which way she's gonna go, and just make that like their running Indra's joke. kind of a wild card. Yeah. Like. Yeah. She's a she's she's she's, she's a bit myopic right now. I, I I don't I'm 
while it kind of makes sense for her to be kind of like, oh, clan warfare. But you wish she was smarter. Uh, Yeah, I wish she was smarter. You have to see big picture because uh, 10 days is is now a long time. Um, Well, you have to realize before Lexa, there was no coalition. And and Asgeta was an enemy and all the other clans were um, at war with with each other. We don't know exactly what kind of alliances they had. They might have had like little alliances, but for the most part, it was just every clan to their own. Um, even uh, Cage Wallace mentioned this, that if they kill Lexa, the grounders will, quote, go back to killing each other. So, and that's the world that Indra knows for the most part. Um, and, you know, Sky Crew turned out to be, you know, <laughs> go wherever the wind goes. Um, <laughs> so, they're just like, oh, you're the more powerful one now? Okay, you're cool. Um, Wait, so so Sky, Sky Crew is the sidekick in all of this. I'm just being <laughs> like, hey, you're the biggest bully on the playground. Let's be friends. Why right. can't we? Why can't Sky Crew be the wingman? Why do they have to be the sidekick? <laughs> I mean, they can they can be whatever you want them to be, Jen. Okay. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so yeah Shaheen does like... have have a point. Like, you don't we don't know what it was like before Sky Crew landed and and the coalition was there. But still, it just seems like really dumb. Like, I know everybody's panicking and they're kind of like either fleeing back home and burning villages on their way, which seems to be a waste of time to me. Um, or they're digging their heels in for nothing in 10 days. It, it just right. like, like even the like- dumbest, even the dumbest person on the face of the earth, you can be like, OK, so you can keep doing what you're doing and die in 10 days. Or you can maybe come with me and figure out a way to survive. Ah, I mean, how dumb do you have to be to be like, eh, give me all your guns, I'm going to go kill all the guys, get out. Well, the fact that, like, that Kane, who has this trust with Indra, and he was like, so listen, Polis Tower, give that up. Like, this is not, this is not where you want to be in 10 days. And Indra's like, I don't know, you guys, you, you haven't convinced me. And, like, on the one hand, like, I get it, like, she needs proof. But on the other hand, like, fucking trust your bro. Like... She and Kane, like, when yeah, has Kane ever done her wrong? Well, yeah. siding with Asgeta is probably, yeah. <sighs> I mean, uh, on the one hand, you say, hard. when has Kane ever gone wrong? On the other hand, you're like, Kane like, should all the, not all the do all that Kane <laughs> all the time. <laughs> I mean, I guess, like, Kane showing back up with crazy-ass Jaha and being like, listen to this man. Not a lot of credibility, Kane. Not, <laughs> not the best. Yeah. I mean, here's another thing that I, I'm still not clear on. Uh, to what extent do grounders believe this? The whole prime fire thing, like right, just they don't really have any nonsense? reason to believe it well, other than Sky think, Crew said it. I think right? they believe it now because the black rains have come. Because we see there's dead people in Polis. Yeah, but like, do they believe but the timeline? Like Polis when they tell smell? them ten days? Because it seems like Sky Crew is like constantly updating this deadline. And they're like, yeah, I'm, a, I'm the confused first it was on the six timeline. months, and then it was two months, and now it's now 10 it's like days. ten days. Like I don't understand. I, I don't understand why the the timeline keeps getting accelerated. I, maybe it's because of unknowns at the beginning of the season, and as they gather more data, they can they can um, speculate and pinpoint yeah, a little so bit. Yeah, so like Allie's simulations were even an underestimate. God, Allie um, is so she's so incompetent. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking AI. She didn't even tell him what. Like the the true extent of the issue, um, but anyway, like um, so, do to what extent the grounders believe the ten days 
schedule or yeah it's not clear and even indra seemed like she was kind of incredulous but then you know i guess she has this friendship with kane and i don't know ultimately what? she wants to believe why him. didn't they what, burn what? the bodies in polis like it probably like i saw those and i was like that must smell bad there well because like, they're all they're all dug in you can i i just imagine that anybody going out there to burn a body is going to get uh, an arrow in their noggin <laughs> yeah, it's a war zone now. And and even Jaha Jaha and Kane or Kane mentioned that at the beginning of the episode when they're like, let's go to Polis for an adventure. I lolled. So was, Yeah. So you so we, we obviously we find that there is a bunker. We we don't find a good way in though, um, which leads to a lot of, of shedding of, of, of shirt not shirts, but like jackets and some grunting um which no take off your jacket well no i mean if you're trying to like pry open the thing it it leads to to man man grunts um until of course monty is like uh, from the ashes we will rise and like throws the the shit in the fire and burns away Apparently, I don't know what kind of metal that is. It just burns in a fire right quick. I think quick. magnesium burns. But burns wouldn't ma- would magnesium be super soft then? You, like, I, I, don't I don't know. know. Not a scientist. Probably an alloy. La, la, la. <laughs> and then, you know, we find that the key exists there in that way. So do you guys, like, all right. Okay. I'm a little perplexed. Okay. So I guess we need to assume that Becca is aware of of Bill Cadigan and Second Dawn and that that secondary bunker, because how is Allie not aware of this shit? Like how is yeah, Allie not? That's like, a very good question. P fucking s. There's a bunker under Polis. I you know there's not enough for all of you, which is why I went with the chip. But now that you guys have defeated me, I guess I'll tell you where it is. Well, we have we have yeah. we have food and water as a variable that we don't know if if there's any in the bunker. Or if but there like will be you, enough to sustain well, I mean, it either is or it isn't, right? So let's say, like, if it is, if it's not a solution, then, okay, there's no problem. But if it is a solution, then at that moment when Clark was deciding whether to kill the City of Light or not, um, first of all, Allie would have known that this bunker exists. Um, second of all, Becca would have known. So Becca could have been when she was like, yes, Clark, there's still hope. Uh, there is a bunker, bunker beneath under the Polis. City. So maybe you go ahead and pull the lever because <laughs> there's a bunker right there. Well, I, right I think where you're going to wake up. Just y- go y- downstairs. There's a bunker. <laughs> you know, you know, the whole thing with the master and the student where, where the student's like, oh, you've, you've taught me everything I know. And the master's like, well, I've taught you, I've taught you everything, you know, Fuck but not everything shit, I know. Right? Uh-huh. So maybe Becca didn't share that knowledge, and I think Bill Cadigan probably kept the look that there was a a primary bunker um, that would actually save people to himself and his inner circle because that that bitch is a, a shady bitch, and Jaha loves that shit. Jaha's like, I would have totally done that. Bill Cadigan's the best man. He just totally built a decoy bunker and made a lot of people die because of it. But man, I would have done the same thing. I'm like you. Shady motherfucker, I love you. But I love that he owns it. He's like, oh, that's what yeah, I would have done. Fuck that's, it. That's what I would have done because I'm fucking sexy as shit. And you see that and you're like, <laughs> yeah, no, I buy that, Jaha. I believe that. I believe that. Um, I recently discovered um, I'm, I, I'm, I'm attracted to Jaha with that bald ass head and that white goatee. Oh, was this a weird <laughs> moment for you? 
This was a weird moment for me because I'm like, damn, you're I watching don't TV trust and you're this. like, why is my what? hand How? in my pants? No. What are you doing there? No, <laughs> Joe. What? No, now mm, that's not no. She that's has a wrong. vibrator, Joe. Oh my god, <laughs> that she got on Amazon. <laughs> Click on our affiliate links. Full circle, end of podcast. That was the whole thing, guys. This whole thing was scripted. This is the longest, grossest infomercial that has ever existed. <laughs> Does this ever happen to you? <laughs> Jen, like, sadly failing at masturbating while watching The Hundred. Oh, come on! <laughs> oh, Jesus. Oh, uh, I, guys, uh, now I'm just uncomfortable with even existing right now. Amazon.com. <laughs> uh, okay, go on, Jen, about your sexy Jaha fantasy. Anywho, <laughs> I... I think that he's super shady. I'm I'm scared that he's going to pull some shenanigans at the end of um, the end of the season or somewhere along the season that's going to cost a lot of people their lives. Um, speaking of which, plug declare shenanigan declare shenanigans dot com. Go there. Um, but I just like I was like I don't know uh, these fucking writers and Isaiah Washington. I'm just like watching this. I'm like I don't trust this guy, but he's really compelling and he's. He's, he's sexy? Oh my god, he's sexy. And he is. Um, <laughs> that dude never needs to grow hair on his head again. Um, he Bald is beautiful on that dude. Um, <laughs> cool. I hate this. Is this, is this hate, making up I for like, your loss of Nyko? Like, where does, where does this rank? No, nothing. Nothing is ever going to make up for the loss of Nyko. Shumway. Um, <laughs> but I don't, I don't know. It's like... They've done such a good job. Yeah, actually, like Kim Shumway sat down and was like, "Hmm, what character do I kill this episode?" She has no control over that. I, it doesn't or matter. Does she? It doesn't. It doesn't. Yeah, or does she? It doesn't matter because all all my disdain is on Kim Shumway, um, and I will continue to haunt her for till the end of time. That's fair. Yeah. That's fair. It's uh, funny how we never uh, we never hate on the people who are on camera. But people who are off camera are fair game. We can just say them. Well, yeah, because the actors well, just, you know, they're just little puppets. They have little writer yeah. hands up their rectums and making their little mouths talk. Well, that's what I'm saying. The writer of each episode is also a puppet. Everything's already decided. You're a puppet. For the most part. Wait, so who's the decider? Every single person in that system is a puppet because it's like a so, giant wait, so machine. Who, who's the decider? I don't think there is any one decider. I mean, God? there are people with, with more God? or less levels of authority. I guess Jason Rothenberg has is the it? most authority. Yeah, but who, who makes but him decide? even he doesn't get to make all the decisions that he wants. So is it's it all, like no CW? one really individually is this, makes is any pre, decisions. Is this well, and they're all trying to go for ratings, so it's our fault. Maybe it's God. Predeterminism, everybody. Um, everything <laughs> is, is written in stone from the beginning of time. Uh, Everything that has been... They're trying to track you guys' erratic reactions, which really have no logic behind it. And they're just sitting there. They're like, why are we erratic? Yeah, why are we erratic? Next year, I'm saying we're like really loud. I have a question. Let's let's move on from this. (laughs) I I have a question. Um, So are we supposed to assume that no one has... No one ever got a seal... That had a twelve on it. So the idea was that everyone gets seals from like for different levels, and then by the time uh, apocalypse was near, everyone's like, "Oh, no. okay, so no one's level twelve. Yeah. 
So I guess they'll let us in with the 11th seal. Um, and then they went there and they were all rejected. And then some people figured out, oh, we need to burn this. And that's how they got into the bunker? I think, Is that the idea? I think that Bill Cadigan made made promises to the folks that were in the decoy bunker that they were that it was either like a level 11 bunker or they were worthy enough to get in or some shit like that. And then his, whatever like inner circle that he had that he trusted gave them the real keys and it probably explained how it worked. Cause I think that when Becca lands in Polis. So what, what do you mean by three, real key? Does it say a 12 on it? Um, I don't, what did the key have a 12 on it or was all of that artifice burned Jaws away? Jaws key had an the, 11 on it. Yeah, but one, but 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 when um, that coin, like that coin artifice, was burnt away, was it just the key with the the second it was dog a 12, logo on it? A twelve appeared. Yeah, oh. somehow there was like a twelve uh, came out of it. Yeah, I think I think that the the people who greeted Bell, uh, Becca greeted Bellamy. <laughs> That's the worst like Walmart hiring ever. Like yeah. you walk in and just fucking corpses. No, I think the people that greeted Becca when she landed back on Earth um, were the survivors, the second dawn survivors out of that bunker. And I don't think it's it's a, a, a happy coincidence that she landed in Polis. I believe there's some connection between Becca, her company Polis, Bill Cadigan, and the second dawn. I just don't know what it is yet. And I'm, I'm kind of fascinated by it. But I'm also like a little bit squicked out about a religion based on a cult. And then I just convinced, and then I just realized that all religion is kind of like that yeah sorry, the only difference sorry, is the number of religious followers. people yeah sorry religious people who are just like i'm not in a cult eh, are you though you're kind of a little bit in a cult <laughs> yeah so what do you guys think about like do you, what do you think the connection is between the two do you think there is a connection between the two <laughs> well that wasn't leading <laughs> no no I think uh, I, yeah i think there probably is um i feel like there were like business partners or something uh, like, again i i don't understand why ali would not be aware of this because ali was made when um they already had the company and everything right yeah uh, like she, ali she was known. made by one of becca's colleagues in um the um the company what was the company's name polis polaris no Pol polar i'm well, sorry yeah i'm an idiot polaris well, is it Polaris though, or is it a different company that has the infinity sign? No, um, it's Polaris. Is the infinity is the company that Becca founded? It's her company. So there's two organizations we're talking about here. One is a company, Polaris, Becca's company, and the other is a cult organization, Bill Cadigan. And we don't know if like he's an entrepreneur or what kind of money he has. But the thing like. I feel like since that bunker was super, super secret, like there's no record of it whatsoever, that Becca might or Allie might not have known of it, of it, of its existence, and Becca might have known of its existence and hid it from Allie in order to protect it. No, but 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 hold on. So as soon though as the City of Light gets joined together. Becca's knowledge would have, like, Allie would have learned everything that Becca knew. They never got joined together. Well, what I'm saying is, if but they, they did, if, the um, end. if no, Bill Cadigan was, if Bill Cadigan was in their lives before, in in Becca's life before, yeah. especially if they were business partners or whatever, um, <sighs> then Allie would have known about it anyway because that, when that, she was created. Well, you're assuming that they would share this knowledge with with Allie. 
What if they kept well, everything and, analog? And, and, and wait, just wait, were like, wait, wait. So you know how Jaha was like, it's what I would have done? Like, Allie, with all of her probability stuff, would have also probably come to the conclusion that there is a secret bunker. Like, with all of her AI prowess. Like, if Jaha, if crazy-ass Jaha can be like, that's, you know, that's what I would have done. I thought we already established that Allie's really bad at prognosticating because she can't even get the timeline of Earth's (laughs) Earth's second destruction down. Um, No, I mean, like, if you want, like, if you want to keep something a secret, you don't put it online. Uh, you keep it in a tight circle of people who also want to keep it secret. Right, like, don't send dick so, pics with your face attached. Like, that's just a bad idea. Yeah, that is a bad idea. Yeah, because you'll get 30 dick pics back. You will. Yeah. You will. yeah. Yeah. I guess we saw the same Mashable article today. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we didn't really get to see any of the bunker um, and Indra had a weird reaction to it. Did you guys catch that? She like looked at the like the inside of the bunker and was like spooked by it. I mean, um, I was creepy as fuck too. I was waiting for zombies to come out. <laughs> Do you think? No, I think she was. She just realized how because she said, "I'm not going to let any ass get a person get in here." And then she was kind of skeptical that this is going to lead to anything um, that's going to save them anyway. But then when she realized, no, this there's actually something down there. She was like, we're holding this building uh, at any cost. I think that's what the <laughs> white eyes. Oh, I thought it was signaled. like kind of the realization that Gaia's motivation in life was a valid motivation and that that she had kind of disowned her for it um, might be a bit of a, a personal disappointment to her. I don't know. I, I guess I just read that a complete like a very in a very personal way. I, I was also kind of not sure that Gaia would have reacted that way. Um, to her, it might actually feel like people, you know, what do you call it? Desecrating? Like a religious site? Like people are just like putting levers into it and using crowbars or whatever. <laughs> I mean, man, seemed, man grunting. it wasn't clear to me that she would be into that. Um, Who isn't into man grunting? Um yeah, I don't. I, maybe she just didn't think that they had to actually get in there, or that it's not necessarily desecration if if they think that it's going to be a way to save everybody. Maybe that's the point of her religion at the end of the day. I don't know. Because I mean, from, from no, the ashes we will rise we is is part of the the flamekeeper prayer or whatever. So it might be a bit of a hopeful religion. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, it w- it could go either way, um, but it wasn't it wasn't really explained much. It was just convenience for the plot. She could have been like, "No, get out of here, Sky Crew." As you know, we don't let him into our temple or whatever. You know, she could have gone every which way. <laughs> so um, we're we're gonna see a big conflict over who owns this bunker, aren't we? Yeah, I mean, do you, do you guys think this is actually going to be a solution? Yeah, I think it's got to be. It's got to be the solution. We're like heading into episode nine, and I can't take another false finish, guys. I just can't because it it, it kind of negates like the importance or the 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 drama of the first part of the season with all of these false solutions just falling through. If this one falls through, I'm going to be like, girl, please. 
child. Um, what please. about the Nightblood thing? Because we still don't know if that works or not either. So I, that could I still work. We... I and mean, there's no no way to tell. So they might just be like, hey, whoever wants some of this. <laughs> <laughs> come come get some. It might work. It might not. <laughs> we have no way to test it. So <laughs> go sing it in the rain. <laughs> tell, tell us how you feel. Best just, of luck. Yeah. Um, best best endeavors. Uh, good luck on your future endeavors. Um, I don't. I want to see like we. I want to see what the bunker looks like. Like how big is it? What kind of supplies are does there it have? If in any tubes. Yeah, that's the other thing. Is like, are we going to see Bill Cadigan in in, in hypersleep? In because again, you don't cast bunker. that guy. Yeah, you don't. Unless, Unless he was just like floating around Vancouver that day, and they're like, like, "Hey, hey dude, buddy. Hey, buddy guy. You want to be a crazy <laughs> cult leader?" Do I? Do I? That's my stereotype. (laughs) So we we have we have questions. I and we have to wait forever to get them answered. Is really it? Watch next episode. We're not even going to get to see any of the bunker. It's just going to be like Octavia and Jasper the whole episode. We're all going to like throw a fit. No, we get to see a little bit of the bunker because my favorite couple, Rowan and Clark, are seen at the like the, the the stairs leading into it. Um. I just want to like, I want to know what it looks like inside. Is it going to be like dingy and gross or is it going to be more like Mount Weather? I don't want like dingy and gross because I I feel like we've been there and done that. And now I'm spoiled with like the mansion and Becca's lab. Like everything's so clean and bright. Except it shouldn't be. Like here's the thing. If the mansion is that clean. Here we go. Then there must be like proper like air filters that are happening. Like the fact that there is no dust on anything means that like things from the outside, the air from the outside and the dust filters, like everything is, I, I, I want to say this place is like hermetically sealed. Um, so why can't, why can't the Roombas and the drones just take care of it all? <laughs> The, wait, what's what's the what's the maid from the Jetsons? She's just like zooming around like in Becca's mansion, fucking yeah. shit up. Yeah, we don't yeah. know that that she doesn't exist there. I mean, this <laughs> this is the future we're talking. This is the future we're talking about. Um, so I don't know. I just I really like the visual aesthetic this season with this mid part of the season where we have like these modern things that we're looking at. Like I get sick and tired of looking at Polis. Like Polis is a it's visual kind of- downer, guys. It's, it's stinky kind of like, and gross. Um, like watching Wally, and it was Wally and Eve, and like Eve is totally, you know, the mansion and the lab, and then Wally mm. is just the garbage pile of polis and Okay, art. I have to I have to I have to call a penalty here. That is not a nineties movie reference, Joe. Please stay in your lane. I'm still working on it. No, wait, wait. When when shit, when did uh the Dan Brown books come out. That wasn't in the nineties either. Shit. I still See, and then and then here's another thing you did. You mixed up Dan Brown and National Treasure. I was like, combining both of them on purpose. Yeah, but uh, I think you didn't really you kind you of really want Nick Cage to one? be in those movies. Like Tom Hanks. Like no, you don't put Tom Hanks in that garbage. That's Nick Cage territory. Okay. Well, I didn't know you were a passionate Nick Cage aficionado and and. I'm a passionate keep Booster. Nick Cage in his fucking lane. <laughs> um. I well, I'm a passionate keep Joe in her fucking lane and stick with '90s references. Jesus. All right, I'll, I'll work on it. I, I actually, I did, I actually did have a '90s movie reference in my review. I hope you enjoy it, Joe. It's at Ooh. the bottom though. You have to scroll, and so it's not your type of movie. It. It's not your type of movie, so you might not know it because um, it has sports. It has sports involved. Sports ball. Ugh. 
Yeah. Yeah. I know. Gross. Ooh. I think it's a 90s movie. I don't know. I don't fucking care. Okay. The past is the past. So you guys want to take a quick break and then we we can tackle the um, moral the issues of, of Death Island. All right. I didn't get to give my Jaha speech. Oh, no, all right, no, no. Oh, okay. Never mind. I didn't right. have Jaha speech. It's Jaha speech time. Go. Uh, no for pressure. real? Wait, wait, wait. No, no, no is this? No, is this? Okay. So is this a, a speech Jaha should give, a speech Jaha has given, or a speech you would like to give about Jaha? Uh, the last okay. option, please. All right. Let's, <laughs> let's, let's, let's hear it. And then just keep in mind while you were talking that he is a very sexy motherfucker. Okay, I'll try to keep that in mind. Um, I need to go on Amazon real quick. If you touch yourself, if you touch yourself inappropriately during this next segment, why does it have to? Why points. is it inappropriate? It's just you and kink shaming left, right, left, right all day today, Jen. Because I don't need you touching yourself while on this podcast. But I it's what like I it's a violation need. of it's my what ears. the viewers need, <laughs> listeners, whatever. Oh, yeah. All right, so I like how Jaha is still into the whole Becca religion thing. Um, he like he was in, and there is even a key, right? He's like he's still into the whole thing. I mean, he was caught up in the alley side of it for a while, um, you know, and he tried to convince Antari that this is Becca's true legacy, um, and now he's into the whole second dawn side of it. But he's still talking about faith and keys and whatever. Um, and salvation. They found a really nice continuation for his character. I really like that. Um, and I think maybe uh, they're trying to make a point here that um, one aspect of leadership is faith. That, um, you know, if you think of each of these characters as representing um, some aspect of leadership, Jaha would be representing the faith side of it. If you think that is this that is an aspect of leadership. So, you know, the uh, leadership requires the need to sacrifice. Um, you know, you see that in Clark, usually uh, the need to rally, rally people around some cause and, you know, um, unify them uh, for some purpose. We usually see that in Bellamy, um, the need to show strength. Pike represented that. Um, then ne- necessity of goodwill Cain usually represents that, or uh, the rule of law, which old Cain represented. Um, all of these aspects of leadership that are represented in, in these different characters, um, they always go badly wrong. Um, and, you know, we all know that. And, <laughs> but they're all, they all. Um, Bigly wrong seem to be necessary that they all survive so um i think maybe the the point is that you need someone there to just have faith in something even if it sounds far-fetched or irrational um that is one type or one aspect of leadership that you need some even if it's an illusion or whatever uh someone has to be there uh, that drives you there so that's my speech I was touching myself inappropriately during that speech. <laughs> well, I, at least I excited someone. <laughs> all right. Oh, my God. All right. So let I think it is a good time to take a break so we can all clean up and come back and talk about Death Island. <laughs> so we'll be back in. And order sh- our stuff from Amazon. <laughs> we have no 
Amazon store. It's all sham, guys. <laughs> oh my god, that'd be the weirdest store. Same day delivery. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god just totally typecasting our our listener base we know we know you dirty birds out there you trash bags um so uh we'll be back in two shakes of a lamb's tail and uh and thanks for bearing with us this long because oh my god this is i don't know boo boo doo, boo are we recording yet <laughs> <laughs> and that his was... name is john cena uh okay so let's let's start talking about death island yeah my my favorite part of the episode anyway so um i think we got a lot of good morality discussion with this part uh i i I mentioned at the top that i felt that this this episode and especially the the island part was claustrophobic to me i felt like a proxy observer here like i was in that lab with them because everybody else was kind of as useless as the audience was watching what was going down um i don't know how you guys felt about it but i was just like throughout the whole episode i i the the feeling of dread that they were actually going to follow through with doing this to amori um was becoming more and more prevalent i did not have faith that they were going to uh pull up out of out of this nosedive at the last minute and have clark make a a very personal sacrifice um well sorry like we no i was i was i was done i was i was done with my my statement that's all i have to say about that so girlfriend and i got into kind of a, a lengthy discussion about this um in terms Why do you of have like, to bring up that you're gay all the time? Jesus Christ. <sighs> Special. I just, want, I just want it to be, well, I, I got into a fight with my cat about this. Like, <laughs> the cat doesn't get two fucks for moral dilemmas. Uh, you know, um, I actually I actually discussed my shopping list with my dog yesterday at length. Your Amazon wish list? My five, no, no, what I was going to buy at the grocery store. Um, what did Winston have to say about your choices? Um, he didn't care. He's just like, as long as I'm fed, I don't fucking care what you eat. That's, but, I mean, yeah. yeah. That was an yeah, actual we, conversation that took place in my house. Cool. Before or after you sent me the pictures of your dog's dick? Look, why, you, why you're sexualizing my dog is really on you. It's weird. I just, listeners, this is what we have to put up with. I, I apologize. <laughs> Meanwhile, you pop up in Skype channel after like weeks of MIA and you're like, hey, you want to see a picture of a dick? Like... <laughs> And then it's a dog dick, and suddenly I'm the one sexualizing it. Well, sure. let me put some context around this. So the so the 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 international sign that spring is here is when my dog goes outside, flips over on his back, and starts swiggling around in the sunlight. So he's like a little sunbather, but he's he's sunning his nether bits uh, as well. And I got to take a picture of it because it's super cute, and I sent it around. Dick because you're the one sexualizing it, I, your dog. Dick. I sent it to several people, including my brother and his boyfriend. Hey, you guys want to see dick pics? I'm going to crush it on Grinder later. Um, so yeah, that's the context. I'm not like taking pics of my dog's dick, specifically of the dick. It's just it happens to be there when he's when he does And yet that is that is the lead in that you use when you are offering said pictures to everyone else. It's not you want to see Look, a picture of my just, dog sunning himself. I, I was, it's do you want to see a picture of a dick? 
I was being concise. That's all. <laughs> your assumptions you are your assumptions. That's on you. Are gonna go your assumptions are your own assumptions. That's on you. That says more about you than it does of me. I was being concise. Thank you very cool. much. Let's move on with this Polo story or this uh, uh, Death Death Island storyline. Yeah. So so here's the thing. Um, so a apparently I'm a terrible person because in yes. terms of taking Luna's blood by force. I, in this instance, I saw nothing wrong with it, um, given where well, they're this, at. This doesn't track with your racist eugenics ass at all. <laughs> but, but the girlfriend had this whole issue of not that, um, not that the people taking the blood were the bad guys. It's that the removal of free will, um, of Luna's free will was was the biggest issue and that under no circumstances according to her is that acceptable and i just had this huge issue of just like yeah i mean yes it is a terrible thing to have done that to have removed luna's free will you went against her wishes you took her blood you took her bone marrow um but i i don't think that there was there was another choice in that um that like I don't believe that in that kind of survival where it's humanity survival it's not your own tribalism survival like tribalism survival get over yourself but this was humanity's survival like I don't yeah. think that there can be morality in that um and then but you know I guess that you know kind of Luna and Raven and Murphy are now part of this you know consent club um where they don't get to choose what what happens what happens to their body um you know I, I don't know. Like I didn't see. I immediately thought that's that's fine. But in terms of it being a Mori as the one who goes into the microwave, I strongly disagreed. I thought that it should have been um, like drawing straws of non-essential personnel. Like it should have been Clark, uh, uh, Miller, Amori, Murphy, um, and and Rowan. Those are the five that should have been in the running for being the test subject. But um, but then then you have to. Then you have to assign criteria to what you mean by non-essential. How is Rowan non-essential? He's a king of his people. He's not essential in the future of the world. He's not a scientist. He's not, he doesn't have a super brain. He's not an engineer. He's not a doctor. Tell that to Asgeta as they go crazy. Well, yeah, fuck and destroy and, and destroy everything and, and, and destroy your non and destroy your essential personnel. I'm saying from a, like... Abby's Ab- look. Abby's like, hey guys, um, didn't mean to, but we microwaved your king. Sorry about that. Abby dies two seconds later. Like, it doesn't why do they have to that. tell her? Why? Why does she have to say what happened to him? Who else is going to tell? It, you know, it'd get out. It would. It just that's that's the way this world is. A- ain't nobody keeping any secrets when it comes to killing off a king. Wait. So do you? What do you think? What do you guys think about in terms of like them taking Luna's blood by force? Well, I yeah, agree with I, you about the um, the I random agree. taking a raffle, um, whatever you called it. <laughs> of those five people, or that it should have been everyone. Well, you can't um, do you can't do Abby and Jackson because they're the ones that are trying to figure yeah, this whole thing out. They're the doctors. Well, yeah. Everybody else but Luna is non-essential. Raven at this point doesn't really fulfill a role because the space thing is out. Um, Technology, I don't think, is going to save them in any meaningful way. So Raven's part of the. Okay, so 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 there's six of them then that are that are part of the straws drawing. There's also remember that random red shirt sky crew uh, 
guard that was with them that, that we haven't seen that somehow did not die <laughs> when they uh, when they first uh, traipsed on the island, but Nico died instead. Thanks, Kim Shumway. Um, I don't, I don't know. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, something like that. Again, the problem is where to draw the line, right? And they were just, they drew the line <clears throat> such that only Murphy and Amori fell on the other side of the line, which is basically just like lying ass fucking roaches. <laughs> Wait, so you think it was okay that they took Amori's blood without her consent? You, you mean uh, uh, Amori's? Or you mean... Oh, no, sorry, sorry, Luna's. Luna's? Uh... Like, Luna refusing, like, what were they supposed to do? Yeah, I mean, we're talking about sending someone to potential death. So, forcing someone to give a non-essential part of their body, I I think, is lower on that ladder. I don't know. So, it's fucked up, but fine? Um, Yeah, I mean, it's just, you know... All of this is fucked up, but fine. Yeah, all of it is fucked up. Unless you think that just because it's consent it somehow makes it a lot worse i mean that's that's the argument that the girlfriend was making was that you know like you can't there is no excuse for ever taking someone's consent away which yeah that looks great on paper except this is literally their only chance that they have at that point and so it's kind of like you know sorry hippie luna um (laughs) get your shit together well maybe this kind of blends into the point that i was going to make uh about leadership okay um because i think one of the sort of premises of this show is that leadership requires some immoral acts immoral or amoral immoral okay yeah like wrong morally wrong actions and the way that they approach this kind of reminds me of um this idea that i've referenced I think several times on the show, but I've never actually went into it. The idea of social contract theory. Um, So originally what the idea says is, I mean, this goes back to um, a lot of authors in the 17th century, like Thomas Hobbes and um, Jean-Jacques Rousseau and a lot of other people talked about this, John Locke, etc. With different versions of this, of course, Uh, but like the most, Um, the simplest introduction to the idea is that uh, if you imagine a state of nature, which means, you know, where everything is like um, the way it is in nature, there is no government, there is no civilization. Uh, Hobbes has this famous quote that I'm sure you've heard, life would be solitary, poor, nasty, brutish, and short, um, because everyone would be uh, fighting for their survival and it's all fair game. So everyone, I mean, everyone is allowed to use aggression. There's really no, um, there's nothing that uh, prevents people from using aggression. And there's nothing that says you're not allowed to. Um, So everyone will use it to their benefit. And the idea is that that's why we delegate the right to use aggressive force to a central state entity. And we say, you're the only one who's allowed to use Um, aggressive force against other people, um, you know, through military or the police force or whatever. Um, And everyone else 
is deprived of that right. No one else is allowed to do that. So the majority of citizens can now live peacefully uh, and they will be safer and they'll live longer and more prosperously by sort of giving up this right and delegating it to the central authority. Um, they get something in return. So that's why it's called a contract. So the idea is I don't initiate aggression. I agree to not initiate aggression in exchange for the goods that I get from living in a civilization. Um, so that's the idea of this, this theory. Civilization is founded on this delegating this right of, to aggression. Now, this is still compatible with a society where there is no aggression, because if the central authority doesn't need to use aggression, then, you know, doesn't need to use force, there will be no force, right? Um, everything will be peaceful. Now, I think the hundred sort of turns this on its head because the premise is that um, some aggression is necessary for survival, at least often enough. Um, and so it's not just beneficial for survival like it was in the state of nature, but it, it's actually necessary too. Um, and the necessity of immoral aggression means that on the flip side of delegating your right to aggress, um, you also have this bestowing of this privilege not to aggress. So the ordinary people get to be innocent just because or precisely because their leaders have to carry the burden of this immoral of these immoral decisions. So some immoral decision has to be made somewhere and we kind of delegate that to the leaders. Um and so this is kind of like social contract um, inside out. And so this is when Clark says, uh, I mean, this is a quote from Dante, right? I bear it so they don't have to. Mm-hmm. We usually think of this as uh, like, w- what do we think they're, they, they're talking about when they say I bear it? What is it, right? I take it that it is um, the burden of, taking the immoral step, making the immoral decision. Um, And so this goes back to this point that we've talked about before, how it's easy for ordinary citizens to criticize or admonish their leaders um, until they're in their shoes. And once, once they're in that situation, they'll probably make similar decisions as the one that they criticize, maybe with some minor cosmetic changes so that they can claim it's different. But at the end of the day, it's the same sort of decision that they're making. They're deciding who gets to live and who who has to die and who wins and who loses. And um, regardless, you're, you're forcing someone to do something because that's just your position. Your position is that central authority. Uh, that has to make these decisions. I I wrote this in my review, Shaheen, and this this is this is to your point about like the people who are led versus the people who are leading and have to make these decisions. It's like the people who are led, they'll be like, make these hard decisions for us, but we'll crucify you as as you do it, and as your decisions benefit us. So I think that. It's very easy for the folks standing around the lab and for for Raven, who I think is like the most vocal one about, uh, I mean, aside from Murphy, obviously. um, I think that like she she has the luxury 
to not bear the responsibility and the pain and the weight of this decision because she's a bystander, as is everybody else in the lab. Even Abby is a bystander because really it's Clark pushing everybody forward. And I think that that's what made me really enjoy this part of the episode because I was very uncomfortable with being in that position. Um, you know, so I, I just think that I, I think that your take on leadership is is really salient here, and I, I think that this is a very difficult uh, couple of scenes to watch, knowing what was what what was going to transpire that somebody was going to be forced to make uh, a, 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 a sacrifice, either forcibly um, or or not. But 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 that's the thing, though, is that is that Abby took away getting back to the whole like free will thing. Abby took away Clark's free will um, to try and sacrifice herself. Like she destroyed the only option that they would have even had to do any sort of testing. Like it was this rash, like impulsive sort of thing that she kind of in some ways possibly doomed them of, of after all of that, after that, the, you know, they microwaved some guy after all of that, they destroy the one thing that, like, would let them actually test this. Um, though, total side note, minor aside, did you guys catch uh, Raven uh, putting her little hand on Luna's shoulder? Always when... gotta gay it up, don't Yeah. Yeah, I am gonna gay that up. Because um, here's the thing, Raven is not a touchy-feely person, and they were off screen, you know, last episode, presumably doing it, because that's what happens when people are off screen. So what? basically, they're ground or married, is what I'm saying. I, I Wait, what? <laughs> Shaheen missed the uh, the tiny moments of, of intimacy, I guess. Who, who not, and who are Grand or Mary? Uh, uh, this this is, is Joe is assuming that they had sex while they were off screen last episode. Did they not? Prior episode. You no, they did not. Why would they have sex? First of all, Luna is injured. How did she get injured? Like, why is she dragging her leg? Yeah, is that a drone or... Um... Yeah, I had that question too. Um, I is it because they're taking the bone marrow out of her hip? Maybe. It, it just it just made no sense that suddenly her one of her legs is is completely useless. Like I thought she was playing possum there for a minute, and she was gonna kick Rowan's ass. Right, like I kind of wanted her to do a little bit better in that fight. That said, like Rowan's still a shitty fighter. Like, good job. You overpowered some girl with a limp. Like, good job, wow. King of Asgeta. Wow. That was a rear naked choke. That was a really good technique for him to use to uh, to subdue her. Um, I guess you'd know that if you had any sort of MMA experience. Oh, wait. Except except that I do. I yeah. Guess. Yeah, except yeah. that you, you do, in quote marks. <laughs> um, Here's the thing, though. She wouldn't be out for that long. She would have woken right the fuck up. Like, as soon as you reinitialize blood flow, like, back to your head, like, she yeah. would have been woken uh, up in, like, another minute. Wave, hand wavy, hand wave, hand wave. <laughs> okay, got it. Um, got it, got it, got it. What did you guys think of the conversation between Clark and Rowan? <sighs> there wasn't much there. I feel like Rowan is a disappointment this season. What are you talking about? 
Like, yeah, because you're all about like, oh yeah, the two, oh, whatever shipping. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm the biggest shipper in the fucking universe. It was just like I would burn all the same old, same old stuff. It was just we're leaders. We're so good. We, you know, we okay, have so, to kill so, people. So when was the last time Clark ever got acknowledged by somebody as doing a good job as a leader? Let me count all the times in season three. That all the happened. times of none. All the well, times in season three all, that weren't Lexa. Like I don't. It's very okay. So. Here's the deal. I think it is very significant that a male leader in this show and in the universe in general acknowledges a young woman as as a leader and as an equal, especially in this show because like if if you like look at the past, nobody really says, "Hey Clark, you're doing a good job." Everyone bitches at Clark about the bad job that she's doing and the decisions that she's made and the people that she's killed. And no one aside from Lexa and Roan and uh, I'm not even gonna, and Jaha. I'm not even going to put Abby or or Kane up there as leaders that would understand what she's had to go through. I, there's very few people in this universe who understand that and she's getting acknowledgement of that finally finally from from folks who realize that there's a personal sacrifice and a personal toll that that is taken every single time you make a decision that costs somebody pain or or their life or something like that so i think this is a very significant conversation i mean well, yeah it was good first for of all I, I don't like it when people say you were born for this um first of all it's not true. <laughs> no one is born. God damn it, Shani. No you, one is born give the worst to be a Coach leader. Taylor pep talks. Yeah, you're not. What you're the not fuck good does at that mean? Every, everyone Everybody who's a leader a- is a leader because of the the way their personality and whatever their whatever happened to them in their life. It's just a saying, so No one Shaheen. is born. And it's then just a saying. it also it diminishes she, the value the, the of your of your skills because it's telling you that it's you basically in. You were born with it. You were inherited. God damn so it. How, how? Wait. It, so, so some people have specific uh, um, abilities in 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 some areas and and not others. I I'm very bad at math. I do not understand math. I I understand words and I, stuff. I, I don't think that's the thing, Jen. I think, I think you, you can have be smart or not smart, but if you're smart, you can understand math. That's just the fear that you developed throughout your life that you're oh, not going to understand. Oh, my God. Are you mansplaining Shaheen is about to start his own goddamn cult. Oh, my God. I just got mansplained why I'm not good at math because I'm, skir- <laughs> I'm skirt of it, everybody. Because you need to believe in yourself, Jen. That's why. <laughs> That's why you're bad at math because some man is now telling you to believe in yourself. Clear and disregard all the other men <laughs> telling you you're that you're bad at math. You're the one who have to bring up gender, so we know Clear. who's insecure about that. Clear I didn't say anything about gender. can't lose. Thanks, Coach Taylor. God, you're the worst at this, Shaheen. Uh, I think that I think that it's just a colloquial. You're the saying, sexist one because you have to bring up sex and gender every time. Oh my God, I was just I, saying, people true. who think they're not good at math, they're what they think they're smart. They're, that's bullshit. Wait, Jen never There's, said that she was. She thought that she was. Yeah. Smart so though, may, right? if you think you're dumb, that's fine. You're consistent at least. <laughs> I'm putting in my notes. I don't, I don't to think like, that's what you believe, though. So Jen is I kind consistently of dumb. Yeah, this but anyway, swimming um, but swimming that, yeah, I don't even for, forget all of that. I'm just saying, it's just saying, a colloquial like, saying that like, I don't her, like her that skill, saying. her skill ability and experience through her life has steered her in a certain direction where she has more capability in one area than another. That I mean, 
isn't that isn't that how we are all steered towards what we become in life is that we we kind of find what we're good at what we have an affinity for and we go in that direction that's just saying oh you were born to you know write tv shows or you were born to be a leader or you were born to play professional basketball at the highest level ever michael jordan um it's just it's just a saying. It doesn't it doesn't negate that that she has these abilities and skills and she's learned how to be a better leader. I, I think I think the whole well, point of this show, like one of one of the main themes of the show is Clark's journey towards leadership and the pitfalls that she's fallen into and the people who have helped her along the way. Like Jaha has been a massive influence this season. I think that that's very interesting. And it's scary, <laughs> but it's right. very interesting. I think Rowan has his place in that pantheon of advisors and people who have that same type of experience. And Lexa was there as well. I think um, even so Indra at some point could could like you know impart some wisdom in this respect. You you hate <clears throat> you hate that people have this sort of like <clears throat> like the expression of calling to attention that like you know that someone is born to do this or whatever, but it's not like fate. It's not, it's not saying that it's this predetermined thing, even though that's kind of what Ali is, you know, was kind of saying that humanity was going to go like, did you just sit there watching the matrix and just being like, well, I don't know. I don't know if Lawrence Fishburne really, really has the right to tell Neo that, you know, he, you know, he's the chosen one. Like, (laughs) how do you, how, um, yeah, well, I generally don't like it when the entire plot revolves around one character being somehow unique in the universe. So you hate um, King Arthur, you hate Star Wars. Like what? Like this is like one of the main Yeah, it would it would include tropes. a lot of stories if that's what you <laughs> <laughs> Um and one of the things that I like the 100 for, one of the things that um I always liked from the very beginning my attention was that this was not the case none of the characters were supposed to be unique or somehow um extraordinary in on a cosmic scale of course some people are uh, more apt to do certain things than others and you know whatever um including leadership some people are better at leadership than others but this idea that some one character or some a couple of characters you know are um somehow within the ontology of the story they're like metaphysically different or something they were born with this gem inside them or their brain is wired differently or whatever um that just kind of why can't people be special why do we um, all have to be like and they took clark in that direction a little bit uh in season three and she was just piling up all the titles Uh, but then moved her away from that um, I don't know. I don't have a big problem with this conversation. It just sounds, didn't really excite me. I mean, there was not like the line. And also, Rowan doesn't seem like he has the uh, platform to say that. Because he's terrible? He's, he's a, a fucking, terrible fucking as get king. A king. Like, it, you don't get, yeah, I don't know. Like, his preaching about how, like, we have to make difficult decisions and stuff like that. Well, it's funny um, that he would well, that he would say you were born for this, like in a way to Clark of like you were born for this because you have this capability within within you, this natural uh, talent um, at being a leader and making hard decisions. Meanwhile, he's like you were born for this. 
you're the son of a queen. Yeah, like, he was yeah, literally you technically born. were born for this and yeah. you're bad at it, buddy. And he was, he didn't want to do it. He was running away from it the whole time. No. He kind of got roped into it. <laughs> um, when Lexa killed Naya, he wanted to die. He didn't want it. Well, he didn't want to be a king. Do you think he want? I don't know if he wanted to die. I think he was just sort of like accepting of it. Yeah. Either way, he didn't want to be a king because uh, that was offered to him before. Like Clark said, let's do that. And he was like, uh, I don't want, I might, he even said my people wouldn't accept me, which uh, kind of turned out to be true. <laughs> I, I don't know. I guess I just read this, this, this dialogue a little bit differently and the scene differently because you've got, you've got an acknowledgement of Clark as, as a strong leader and backing up her decisions by another leader in kind of a political environment where the vice president of our country says he can't have dinner with another woman without his wife present. So how does another woman ever get a seat at the table of power if these old scared white men can't trust themselves to be around women who might be looking for mentorship or um, help in some respect or to share their their thoughts and experiences. So I think to me, it was a fairly like weirdly timed um, opportunity for the hundred to kind of say, to like shit on all the like the, the real world paradigms and the structures of power and fear and, and, just general fuckery that we have going on right now um, where things are flipped upside down and, and basically equalized everything on the, on the table and, and gave Clark that acknowledgement she hasn't had from anyone for the longest time. Um, everyone's just kind of shit on her for you the decisions it, she's made. Because it was like a Clark hug. Like it was a verbal Clark yeah, hug it, that you have wanted to have, talk to Clark. I have been waiting for this moment for a very long time. And it doesn't and hurt that no one that, else was there. It, it doesn't hurt that that these two have great chemistry together too. I, I love I love these two together. I don't know why like like everybody can have chemistry with Clark unless your name is Finn. I don't I don't <laughs> understand it. Um, so what do you guys think of Clark's ultimate decision at the end? Uh, well, I guess, uh, let me preface this by saying, Wait, if can we talk about Clark and Murphy? Like that was oh, a scene. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. That, that was a scene. That's a card. As we say in Hearthstone, that was a fucking scene, guys. I yeah. was like, and on Amori the edge being of my like, be okay with this because you need to survive. Like, I thought it was really interesting that Amori never expected Murphy to sacrifice himself for her because they are not those people. Um, <laughs> That's a good point. You know, like, because at no I'm, point was I know anyone you're just like, as selfish as I am, but yeah. you need to survive. Yeah, that's a good point. Like, that nobody expected It's kind of Murphy- like that con couple lived together, like, 40 years and ripped everyone off. And then she's like, so you're going to rip me off, right? Because she knows it's coming. It's just like... Like he, she knows who he is. Um, yeah, but I thought it was interesting that she was like, "Be okay with this because I don't want them to pick you next." Um, <laughs> but really, where the fuck was that red shirt guard? Yeah, really, what is he doing? He's like, he's off screen, so apparently, Joe, he's masturbating according to your rules of of off screen. I mean, who else was? Everyone else was in the room, so yeah, that, I think that's the only other option. Either that, or he's like trying to fuck <laughs> that remote control car that Murphy was playing with. <laughs> Probably. I mean. I would. Yeah, uh, that scene between Clark and Murphy was phenomenal. Uh, 
And and Clark didn't have a lot to really do emotionally besides just be on the verge of, of, of crying, um, which I think is probably very, very difficult to do as an actress. But but uh, Richard Harmon just knocked th- that scene out of the fucking park. I mean, he's seen the shit that Clark has done like this whole time. Here's the question, though. At what point do you think that Clark decided that she was going to take the night blood herself? All right. So that's so that's my question for you guys. Um, if we're if we're ready to, to kind of move past the the Clark and Murphy scene, you guys want to discuss Just acknowledging that, that it was amazing. Like that's really yeah, it was amazing. It was amazing. Balls. Uh, kudos to to both Eliza and Richard in that. Okay. So that's my question. That that was going to be my preface to the whole night blood thing. Um, if Abby had been able to inject the night blood into Amori. Would Clark have stepped up? Like until Clark had that syringe in her own hand, did she was she going to stop it? I I don't know that she was, and that kind of troubles me. I don't think we we're supposed to think that she was. I thought it was, the whole thing was clearly a last minute decision that she yeah. made. Yeah. Okay. And yeah, I mean, it's really not redeeming for any of them. Um, and what Abby did isn't re- redeeming either. Like she just showed that she's totally okay with um, potentially killing, killing another lobster hand, another person's <laughs> daughter. Um, she has a but name, Joe. She's more willing to let humanity die than kill her own daughter. So that I mean, that actually kind of I think fares worse for her. <laughs> Uh, what she did. And Clark is just like, you know, the, the last minute decision feels more um, dishonest than anything else. It's just like, oh, so finally that occurred to you that you could have used one of you guys. Thank no, God I don't, that, you, that you had that thought. I mean, I, I don't think that that it was a last minute thought. I think Clark the whole time was trying to figure a way out of the situation and and well, it's not really complicated. Do it yourself. It's not it's really not... complicated. You do it no. yourself, Shaheen. You inject yourself and go into the microwave. I mean, if you were I born were Clark for this, Shaheen. Was... You were born for it. <laughs> I mean, if it's I really... was Clark and I, I, I had a choice between doing it to someone else and this, doing this it to pisses myself. Me off. This, this pisses what? me off. We all Monday morning quarterback. Oh well, I would have. Do- I would have made the noble choice here. I would, if I was Clark, I would have injected myself straight off. I don't know what I Bullshit. would have done in reality. I'm telling you what they should have done. <laughs> that that's the whole point of the situation, though. Is and like it's not complicated. Everyone, is, what they everyone is useless in this situation. Everyone is standing around as an observer, watching, waiting for somebody to make a decision. That is going to be a horrible decision, but they don't want to be responsible for it. They can sit on the sidelines and they can nitpick and they can say, oh, well, this just is like Mount Weather, blah, 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 and get their hackles raised about it. But nobody except for Luna takes any action or tries to stop Abby or tries to stop Clark. Um, so I think there's like a, a, a uselessness here that we're meant to feel as, as the observer in, in this whole thing. Um, because, you know, like, it's just weird, like, there's a lot of, when, when, th- when things are going down in the lab, the camera pans a lot to, to the reaction shots for everybody else to show that nobody else is really moving in, in one direction or the other. They're not, they're not making a decision. They're all just standing there as, like, these folks that are kind of 
helpless in this situation. Nobody wants to step up. And I mean, they expect one thing that I can two. tell you for sure I would have done is at least the thought would have crossed my mind, whether I was Clark or, or Raven or someone else, um, should I sacrifice myself? Should I volunteer? Uh, that thought would have definitely crossed my mind. I might have brought it up. You know, if I was Raven, I would be like, hey, I have a, I had a stroke. I'm projected to die. <laughs> um, so maybe I'll go in the machine. Or Clark would be like, hey, I have no use other than deciding who dies and who lives so i have no use the main character of the show has no use i should go into the machine or you know jackson would be like you know what abby doesn't need me maybe i should go and no one says anything until the last minute and then you know then they're like and i think that's intentional doing that i think it's intentional um and i felt it I, I felt it as an audience member. I felt kind of the walls closing. And maybe I'm, like, weird and had this reaction and nobody else is, like, thinking that they were uh, a silent observer in the scene. Like, I know that no, we are I silent observers. No, I definitely agree that we're supposed like to actually, see the... Yeah. We're supposed to feel to the desperateness and, yeah. and the, uh, yeah, the closing of the options. Yeah. But, again, it just seems like... It should have occurred to them earlier. It should have been the idea should have been floated. Ah. Pun intended. Ah. Um, <laughs> that uh, yeah, the, maybe we pick one of us. When the, like Clark said, "Give me another option," like ten times, and no one said. Well, no one ever gives Clark another else? option on this show. They're all fucking useless twats. To be <laughs> clear. Um, even, they even mentioned like going outside and and finding another scavenger. Um, I mean that you know. Let's go find somebody least, else to kill. Yeah, and that's that's not really a, a very good solution because you would assume that most people know to stay away from that island. That that right? nobody like, would who, know that the we still haven't figured out who the other shady like why Amori is sketched out about the island. Yeah, I don't know if that's a throwaway moment or not. It, that's just weird. Okay, we're just maybe um, she just meant the scavengers. Yeah, but scavengers would stay away from the island because those drones would pick them off one by one. But and there's no way the for guy them to who know. Died, the yeah. rock line guy who died was uh, was a scavenger. Yeah, but there's really no way to know or to really spread the word that the drone security system is down. And if you were a scavenger, you probably would keep that that in, intel to yourself because you want you want all the the good food. Uh, from from that mansion. So, do you guys think that it's true that that somehow Abby knew subconsciously that Clark would die because of her hallucination? If you assume, if you assume that uh, Raven's hallucination uncovered something that she knew in her subconscious that her conscious mind wasn't aware of, I I, I find I that one the sort of like. I don't know what the fuck that means. <laughs> <laughs> well, so like on the one hand, like I can see Abby being like, I saw this, you know, in my feverish dream vision or whatever that, you know, you're going to have boils all over your face. So I won't let you in. Um, but uh, like, that's not really what Baelish looked like when he like the, the, the radiation stuff was very different. Um, than what we saw like, that happened in the microwave. Face. 
But like yeah, he, he like was he had, like I would have expected Clark to be more bloody. Like I would have expected the hallucination to be a bit more accurate. Uh huh. If that's what Allie's like brain implant in, you know, the uh, Doctor Abby's super super brain is moving towards. So like I wonder if it's something even further down the line. Like that that hallucination what didn't have to do with this, but it had to do with where like the supercomputer brain sees the next twenty moves moving ahead. Oh, okay, if, that's interesting. Does that make sense? Like, yeah, that Clark's might be a possibility. Radiation is going to happen later. Yeah, it was. That might be a possibility. I still don't. I still don't understand how night blood protects you from the initial reaction to radiation. And like, like. Like, if you're allergic to something, you develop, like, a rash or you start sneezing or whatever. You take a Benadryl and it eventually goes away. I, I just think that, like, I, I don't know. There's. What do you mean protects you from the initial reaction? Like, if, if radiation, like, if black rain burns your skin, how does night blood not make it burn your skin? I don't know. I'm just, I'm having problems with this. Probably because I'm not good at math and science because I'm dumb. As we've established. None of this is supposed to be scientific according to our science. Yeah, I keep, I think, I think a big problem is we keep trying to understand how these things work with the natural laws with the Earth. And it's just not, in in TV land, it's just not how reality works, guys. I don't do that. I'm only concerned with internal consistency. And And things not being pulled out of asses. Yeah, but, yeah. Lazy, but don't like I don't care if it's accord accords with the laws of our world, with the law, natural laws. Even though it's taking place on our world. Yeah, um, uh, yeah. Kind of, <laughs> eh, hand wave. Yeah. <laughs> so you guys have anything else to discuss about um, about? Oh well, gosh, um, I'm like leaving a whole big part of this out. The whole discussion. What? Clark, Clark is now Nightblood, guys. So, yeah. what does that mean for the future? Is she going to take the flame and ascend to commander and no. be the? No. God, everybody commander hates of the this bunker. idea. Every, no, no. Yeah. I everybody hate hates the bunker idea. Commander. Bunker commander. <laughs> that sounds <laughs> commander dirty. of the SS bunker, dude. Um. <laughs> I'll be in my bunk. Exactly. That's where Clark will be the whole time when she takes the flame. No, I mean, on the one hand, like, I mean, I'm just saying, like, people are like, Clark, can you stop having tantric mind sex with Lex's AI? And she's like, no. She's just on Amazon the whole time. <laughs> Basically. Because um, here's the thing, like, Clark being a Nightblood, obviously people are like, oh, she's going to take the flame, blah, blah, blah. Like, on the one hand, um, there's... They can't do that in terms of a winnable way um, because people are then going to expect, uh, you know, people are going to be like, well, where the fuck is Lexa? Blah, blah, blah. And they can't really do that. And I think that I would hope that the idea of the show propelling forward is that they're going to move past, you know, this tribalism and commandery stuff and just kind mm-hmm. of be people without this, you know, techno pagan cult um, over their heads. So... So, I just have... gonna be like, oh, Nightblood uh, is lame now. <laughs> yeah, I, I want right. them to make Raven a Nightblood, and I think Raven should take like, the chip. Clark is one. I, th- I Luna's think that, one. I think they're moving. Luna's I think one, they're I, moving. Okay, is so Mori one. <laughs> 
I, I'm of two that. minds. I'm of two minds about this, and I kind of like land in the middle. Like to me, the trajectory of the show and Clark's journey has been one of becoming the leader of everyone. Uh, whether or not that actually happens, up for grabs. Whether or not that happens in the the existing power structure with the commander and all that bullshit, I don't think it would be effective because we've we've seen that it, that the tribalism and the the main commander that that commands the twelve or the thirteen clans or whatnot is not the most effective form of government. And I would hope the show would maybe look would maybe look past into the future to, to to do what you guys have like said like shed this this artifice of the past and this this kind of bullshit religion that 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 is based on kind of this faulty dumb technology that just happened to be there uh, and based on superstition and and an ignorance of what they're actually worshiping and and move towards something where Clark either shares leadership with Rowan or somebody else, or she becomes a main leader of everything, sets everything right, and then walks away and says, "Guys, just do what I did. Find a leader that that suits you well, and then I'm going to walk off into the sunset, and and my legacy will have been complete." I think Joe, you said you think it's going into Raven. I believe so too. I believe that Abby and Raven's minds need the flame to survive and it's going to come down to a decision between those two. Yeah. I mean, that makes the most sense. Um, even though like didn't in last, like the episode before this one, didn't Abby say that, um, Raven's ischemia or whatever the thingy in her brain is called is healing. Yeah. But I think that with the, with the idea that they've kept her kind of, subdued like they haven't been ramping up yeah, and they, using her processing power yeah they haven't been really but they have been using a lot of abby's processing power so i think abby is degrading faster now than than raven was yeah and it's just gonna be interesting to see who makes that decision i think abby will probably sacrifice herself for raven because like the whole thing of the show is like abby's like the 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 young shall inherit the earth and i think that's like gonna be her her parting sacrifice and it's gonna be hard to watch um because then like one of the main familial relationships of the show, of, of which there are only, what, three, um, now that we've got Indra and Gaia, um, is going to be gone. So that's going to be tough if that, if that comes to pass. But I think it will. Uh, I, think, I think putting the flame into Clark would be, like, too uh, stereotypical. Like, oh, well, she's the white savior now, blah, blah, blah. I don't have a problem with it. I'm, like the biggest I want Clark to, to ascend into godhood and like uh, shoot beams out of her eyes because I'm just like uh, a comic book nerd and would, would love to see some weird shit go down, but that's not going to happen. I'm an idiot. We've established <laughs> that I'm dumb, right? Yeah, no, definitely. Okay, yeah. I'm, I'm glad that, that we have that there. Uh, what do you think, you, That you're consistently dumb. Well, yeah, I think I should be. And so Shaheen doesn't have a problem with it because it's consistent. Yeah. Exactly. It doesn't matter if it works in the framework of the world, um, <laughs> but your dumbness is at least a consistent character trait <laughs> within the framework of your own existence. Thanks. Thanks for explaining that existentialism there, Joe. Uh, Um, so we've reached, like, I think we've reached pretty much the end of our knowledge of what might happen moving forward, uh, just based on, like, the season four trailer. I think we have, like, just Octavia Warpaint scenes that we're missing. Yeah. Um, but, like, 
the future is unclear. The magic, I'm shaking the magic eight ball, and the future is unclear with the show. And I'm really excited. Left? What? What? How many episodes are left? Uh, five. Right. I mean, uh, oh, really? Nine. Like, 10, I feel 11. like isn't there sixteen episodes? No, there's 13 no thirteen episodes this season. Yeah. Well, oh. So, so they found the bunker, and they're going to try and move people into the bunker. So, is is are the next five episodes going to be supplying the bunker? Like, I don't think that the bunker is going to be taken away from us. I think that the bunker exists. No, I think the bunker is is a final is solution. The thing. But, uh, yeah, but I oh, think okay. that. But how <laughs> are we going to do five episodes about it? I is think it, that there's going to be conflict. I think there's going to be conflict about who gets to go. I think there's going to be. Asgeta and Tree Crew uh, fuckery. I think Sky Crew is going to to be in the middle somewhere. I think there's going to be some fuckery around that. Um, we've got like I don't un- I don't understand where Octavia is going in all of this. Um, so I'm confused with that. Uh, I, I just like I'm really excited because I have no clue what's going to happen next, and um, I just feel like things are going to just keep snowballing and snowballing until just fucking shit balls happens in the season finale um i wonder i wonder so if what, gonna, what what would that be what what shit balls would happen in the finale i, I think like remember like rothenberg keep kept saying over the summer that there's only so many seats on the lifeboat so i think there might be something about the bunker either its size or its supplies or maybe the bunker isn't viable without people actually being in hypersleep pods or something like that, that it's going to be like, okay, there's still a quantity conundrum that we have here. We only can fit 500 people or 1,000 or whatever in here and sustain life that way for the next five years. I also think like maybe, just maybe, like the bunker has to be sealed from the outside, which would mean somebody has to sacrifice themselves. And I could totally see Clark pulling the martyr and her her nightblood actually saving her but again how does she like drink potable water or find anything to eat that that doesn't seem like a a viable solution but it feels like something crazy that like it's going to end on a does this person survive or do these people survive or not cliffhanger that's interesting i i'm not at all so certain that this is going to be the solution really what else could there be i mean like um i think this uh it looks like they're going to drag it on till the finale and um, they're just going to be at the lowest point of their hopes at some point. And then something that we didn't know exists is going to be just like, come out of nowhere. And yeah, giant kaiju come out of the sea and they can live inside the kaiju flying like saucer or something. Yeah. The I don't know. Well, there's still that fucking, uh, you haven't seen, um, what's that fucking movie with the, uh, big thing. Um, you're you're the, the thing best. With Thanks, stuff. Roger Ebert. What the fuck? Uh, the Pacific Pacific Rim. Those are kaiju. Oh, I've heard I've heard good things about Pacific Rim. I never actually saw it. Yeah. So so these big so these big monsters that typically Japan is is likes to produce. They're they're called kaiju. Um, and that, that was an actual term that they used in in Pacific Rim. Um, so basically, these big giant robotic things um, we could live in. There's still uh-huh. that the rocket. There's still that rocket just sitting there, being like, "Hey guys, um, you can shoot me out in space. I can't come back without probably killing everybody inside, but I'm still here." There's that um, Chekhov's rocket. So I don't know. I'm just uh. yeah. I mean, I, I don't even. I'm not even saying that's what I think is going to happen. That's one possibility, but that sounds boring. 
but I just I don't I don't know <laughs> like <laughs> Jesus because yeah I I don't think this is gonna be it. All right. Well, we, I'm not sure. Let's, yeah. Let's take. Some I don't action see in any Vegas future for that either. Let's take some action um, on Vegas on this. There's got to be some sort of sports book that does that. That takes oh, there bets probably on. Is. Yeah. There's, if there's if there's something to bet on, some degenerate gambler is going to bet on it. Um, but like it has to somehow. Okay, so you're saying that it, this is going to be the solution, and the only problem now is going to be quantity. I don't know, Shaheen. Too, I just I, I feel like there's like there's there's something missing. Like the hypersleep pods are missing. Cadigan is missing. Like there's a big reveal somewhere. There has to be, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. Like I don't think that it's going to be five episodes of like just oh. rounders and skyproof <laughs> fighting each other for like or, a, or a of place. like Nyla drying meat for the bunker. <laughs> 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 just like getting all the potable water that they can inside the bunker and like making furs. I guess and to like make stuff. sweet love to Clark down on. I guess. <laughs> wow. Yeah. You just. I, I want to see so more of the bunker, and, and I think. Checking up, right? I think the rocket is still going to come into play, but I think maybe it'll just be like some people are in a bunker, and then a couple of people maybe return to space as like a like minor redundancy even though maybe if you know you can only get like a couple of people in there like it's not going to be a maybe there's another rocket under the bunker i don't fucking know um, <laughs> there's another rocket under the bunker yeah our rocket has what a about rocket the night blood i mean the I, the night blood thing was also kind of left hanging yeah there's, there's a good all we work. know at this point is it might work we have good reason to think that it will work uh-huh. um but because presumably we identified what went wrong with the quote-unquote Bayless. Yeah. But, um... The only you know, thing there, so, though, like, is, like, yeah. uh, Luna pieced out. Like, they have one vial left. It, 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 you'll, uh, Abby took two vials. One went into Clark. That 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 last vial, that's going in a raven. Unless, Did Luna leave? Yeah, she pieced out. She's like, well, it's all over now. Peace out, guys. And she she took up off the stairs. She, like, brushes past... Yeah, she, uh, she limped upstairs to go yeah. possibly can bring him get back. ready for her sex date <laughs> with Raven later. Yeah. Yeah, they, they can walk up the stairs. Yeah, so I think um, I think that last vial is going to be used to save either But Abby I don't or know, like, were they, uh, what, what were they going to do with that? Were they going to, like, take thousands of yeah, like, vials of <laughs> how are they gonna, like, bone marrow from... Manufacture well, no, wouldn't, more. Wouldn't it just be a domino effect, though? Because now that Clark is making night blood... Assuming it's right. the correct oh, formula. That's what I was thinking. Oh, okay. So you could just domino that shit and just keep taking yeah. bummer from, from new nightbloods? Oh. Yeah. Okay. Again, more hand-wavy science because that's not really how quickly these things happen, but separate issue. Yeah, yeah but then Mount Weather could have done the same exact thing. Hand-wavy! You know, Mount, yeah, Retcon, Mount Weather Retcon was dumb. Yeah, Mount Weather was dumb. Yeah, okay. Like, Mount Weather was dumb because they were in a hurry, and it's like... If you guys had just, like, waited a fucking minute, you know, <laughs> you could yeah. have, like, had a conversation with Sky Crew and been like, so, hey, listen, hey. Kind of felt like a self-imposed cake. hurry. Yeah. <laughs> like, Kane was like, hey, we can we can bargain on this. We will donate our, our bone marrow. And they're like, eh, Kane, we know you don't get shit done by talking about it. <laughs> 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 we have seen your future. You are useless. Yeah, right? Except for being uh. sexy as fuck. <laughs> all right so you guys are, are we complete talking about this fantastic episode god i think i, I, think so. I rated it too low uh, all now right you well, have to go back and change your review yeah no i gave it an 8.5 i was vacillating between an 8.5 and a 9 but it's like yeah the 
the, I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, so let's talk about what we're watching on TV. We've got we're heading into three weeks of hiatus, so we got to get yeah, people. Yeah, there's stuff a lot of watch. TV to get caught up on now. Yeah, so obviously the most important thing on TV is WrestleMania tonight in like ten minutes. Um, yeah, except by the time this we post this podcast, WrestleMania will be over. Is it going to be Brock Lesnar or what's his name? Who I who think, do you think it's going to be gonna... Gold, Goldberg is probably going to win. Uh, they don't bring Goldberg back. Uh, to not give him the belt. Uh, I don't care about that. Two two old part-timers fighting for a championship belt when you've got so much young talent. WWE, what the fuck are you doing? Um, but that's not the most exciting wrestling event of the year. The most exciting wrestling event of the year is the Raw after WrestleMania, where all the sh- good shit goes down. The debuts of, 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 of new talent, um, crazy-ass hot crowds from hell because these are the people who are true wrestling fans that couldn't afford WrestleMania. Um, so it's going to be rowdy tomorrow. Um, also, oh my God, tonight, I'm so looking forward to the finale of Big Little Lies. The show has like come out of nowhere for me. Is it good? Um, oh, it's so good. Like it was, it was, it was like a a show you could write off in like the first couple of episodes, but it's gotten so good and so, and tackling some really important, um, subjects of late. Uh, and tonight is like kind of the find out who did it or who died, who did it, all that kind of stuff, like what the circumstances are. Because um, it's been it's basically been a murder mystery, um, but we don't know who who got killed and we don't know who did it. So uh, I'm so hoping we'll out. I'm hoping it's going to be fantastic. Um, the Magicians is so good this season. Oh my god, they broke off, they broke into a spontaneous production of Les Mis <laughs> in, the, in the episode prior to this one uh, that I haven't watched yet this week. It's so much fun, like, dude. This show. Have, have you? Ca- are you watching it? This, no, this I think we're gonna we're gonna marathon bad, it uh, bad, over bad, over this bad. break. No, we're, we're gonna so marathon bad. it over this break. Uh, we mm-hmm. still have to finish watching. We're like almost done and caught up with Legion, which, like, I want to know what meeting like that this happened where they were like, so hey, listen, FX, <laughs> I'm gonna need you to give me money for my fever dream, and FX was like. Yeah, no. Have as much as you want. Go for it. Like, do no, whatever. If, the- if you, uh, it, I, I've, I've listened to, uh, I think his name is John Lan- Lanagraf or, or something like that, the, the president of FX, on some podcasts before and, and read some interviews. He is, he is one of the visionary um, network heads that's really looking to do stu- stuff differently. That's why they've got I mean, things like Legion the Americans, Fargo, and all that stuff. Legion is fucking unlike anything ridiculous. Uh, I haven't caught up with it. I'm like three or four episodes behind. And I kind of just want to like binge it, maybe take a couple hydrocodone and binge that shit. <laughs> well, no. So, I, so I was talking with a friend of mine, we were texting back and forth and we were talking about Legion and she was like, well, so I watched the first episode and I was like, I have no idea what's going on. Maybe I was too high for it. And so I I'm watched like, no. it again. No. no, no. And she was like, and so I watched it again. And no, like the, 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 the highness wasn't an issue at all. Yeah. This show I understood no even less sense. of it. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's crazy. Uh, I love that good. you can't trust anything on that you see because usually like you don't deal with shows with inconsistent or untrustworthy uh, uh, narrators here's, or Here's characters. the thing. 
I really hope that they have a plan because I it could feel very much like Lost where like everything seems to be a clue leading up into something greater and then it turns out that it's all garbage and there was no plan. But I well, feel like TV shows today at least have plans. I, I trust the creator of the show because he's the creator of Fargo, which I'm not as into Fargo as I think I should be. It's like premiere TV and it's supposed to, I, I recognize it as being really good. I just, it's not as like... It's not as must watch for me as some other shows yeah. like like Legion or or Magicians like shows that that maybe are a step below or a couple steps below like it's not must must watch for me um but I I I trust his vision. I don't think you bring a show like Legion to, to TV and you take people on a fucking crazy balls mind trip of a journey and not have a a good destination in mind so i think i think we're gonna see some interesting things um like i said i gotta i gotta catch up with it like i spent like the first part of the season not even understanding if one of the characters even existed or not (laughs) um and then i'm like wait now this character might exist i don't know i'm so confused and i love it so um there's there's some good stuff to, to catch up on during the hiatus joe what are you watching uh, we're pretty much watching Legion. Um, girlfriend has started watching Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. I can't get into it. Um, you just don't like musical TV. You're bad. Yeah, I just, I'm not a fan. Um, what the fuck are we watching? Like, we're just kind of bouncing around right now. But I think now that we have, like, every show is in hiatus, we'll, we'll definitely get through, um, Magicians, I think, next. Yeah. What about you, yeah. Shaheen? Yeah, you gotta get, you gotta do it. Yeah. <laughs> Well, so the weirdest thing happened yesterday. Did you um, finish Westworld? Is that the weird thing no, that happened? No, I didn't finish Westworld. Oh, Jesus. No. <clears throat> so we've been waiting for Rick and Morty season three the whole time, Forever? right? And Yeah, and they're, they keep saying like, yeah, sometime this summer or whatever, and they haven't even uh, released an official date yet, and everyone's kind of, um, you know, speculating when it's going to come out and uh, even Dan Harmon and um, Justin Railton, they, they came out and said, look guys, when we announce the date, you'll know it. It'll be all over the place. Um, and then yesterday, all of a sudden, uh, this episode comes on Adult Swim, uh, season three, episode one. I don't know if it's an April 1st full or what the heck, but it was a legitimate episode. <laughs> Um, yeah, no, it was an April Fool's thing because then they took it right down. Like you only had a few hours to be able to stream it and then they took it down like just to fuck with people and like don't write hype because that. everyone is talking about it now. Oh, those fuckers. Yeah. I mean, that's a great but way so though, is to, that like, to create So hype. are we going to get like an, an actual episode one uh, later and that's going to be a different story? <laughs> I don't know. I haven't actually watched it yet. So that's that's what I might Cause do Because this, this picked up where, uh, where season two left off. So... I mean, I yeah, know. I think it's I think it's a legitimate episode. That's I could be really wrong. Weird, really weird. Yeah. If it was a legit, if it was a legitimate episode, there's ways to to stop them things from happening. Yeah. No. I mean, you know, if if they if you didn't want it. Um, yeah. You, you can know, just shut that. You can just shut that down. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there's there's a lot of good TV coming up too. Like uh, May is gonna like end of April and and May is gonna be crazy balls. Handmaid's Tale is coming out. Handmaid's Tale, uh, Leftovers, the last season, season three is coming out. Um, just like, and then you've got May sweeps, so you've got the the end of the hundred, season four coming. I mean, Jesus Christ, this. 
Yes, I, oh, iZombie, yay. Um, and there's just so much good TV. Uh, so I can't wait for the assault on my balls. I, I believe also uh, uh, 12 Monkeys Season 3 is going to be, like, dropped all in one weekend. Um, so you can binge that shit. Oh, my God. It's like, I, th- I think that's really interesting that sci-fi is doing that. I, I, don't, I don't think uh, there's, I think a few other uh, networks have, have tried the binge model. But this should be interesting. Um, so I can't wait to see that. It's just like, uh, I want to go back and, like, watch some of this, like, season two, one and two of 12 Monkeys again to catch up again. Um, so I can, like, freak out at who the witness is. I just like, oh, my God. I am overwhelmed. And it's two minutes away from, like, the starter matches of WrestleMania. So we got to wrap this shit up. So thanks, everybody, for sticking sticking with us. Um, OT3, back in the house, and Joe and Shaheen, thank you guys for uh, this conversation. And may we geek again. Take it easy, guys.